This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. This American Life, I'm Ira Glass. Oh, wait, no. This isn't This American Life. This is Convince Me, the podcast where a guest tries to convince three hilarious guys to get on board with their obsession. But this is me, Ira Glass. Let me explain. Earlier this year, I needed a week off from doing my podcast and radio show, This American Life. So, the Convince Me podcast took over. It was a huge success. Not only did they do some great and, oh, so funny reporting, they also got us in touch with some uniquely American stories. In fact, it worked so well that we thought we'd ask them for another favor. Give us a little bump with Serial Season 3. Yes, there is a Season 3. We released it, but no one listened. We decided to go to this generation's tastemakers, the Convince Me Boys, and release it on their feed. So now, you've heard Serial Season 1 and 2, you've heard S-Town, and we present on the Convince Me Podcast feed, Serial Season 3. Stay with us. Female chimp? I said it correctly. That's who we're sponsored by. This is a global tail link prepaid call from prison. For the last year I've spent working every day trying to find where a high schooler was after school one day for 21 minutes. I'm not a detective or private investigator. I'm not even a crime reporter. I can't emphasize enough how grossly unqualified I am for this job. But here you are listening to me, my voice. I'm Sarah Koenig, a producer and reporter on This American Life. We're going to bring you one story, one week at a time. This is my podcast, and I will speak a lot during it because I love the sound of my own voice. On August 19, 2004, Bart Forkman was allegedly with Justine Knapsberg and was accused of SBD, a silent but deadly gas explosion, putting Knapsberg into a coma from which she is still not awoken. That's 13 years in a coma, all allegedly due to one careless fart. I first heard about this story years ago from Ruth Scruples. She's the sister of the accused best friend and an accomplished flatulence attorney. While most people had written off the accused, Ruth is convinced he should not have been convicted. She put me in contact with the accused, Bart Forkman, where he has spent the last decade. What you'll hear now is my conversations with Bart as I get to know him and try to understand him. And maybe we can all get a little insight into who smelt it and who... Indeed, dealt it. How do you account for time? Do you remember what you did two weeks ago, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, seven weeks, even eight weeks? What time is it now? These are questions we aim to answer on today's episode. How do you account for your whereabouts? We go now to a phone call I had. With Bart from prison. Hey Bart, how's how's prison? Oh, hey Sarah, right? Uh, it's so great to hear from you. Uh, honestly, um, I don't get to talk to many people in here. How's prison? It's a uh, it's not great. You, what you've heard is true. They they really don't let you do what you want to do in here. Bart, if you could have spent the last thirteen years out of prison. Would you? Yes. That's terrible. Now, Bart, a big 
part of your conviction was not knowing where your whereabouts were on the uh, August 14th, 2004, or, excuse me, August 19th. Uh, where, where were you? What is your side of the story? Well, uh, it's funny you should ask. I remember vividly uh, what song I was listening to. Uh, it was Last Resort by Papa Roach. Are you familiar with the Roach? Huge Roach head. You're a Roach head. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, that's great news to hear, honestly. Uh, a lot of people in here talk about how they think Papa Roach is past their prime, but um, I'm never going to stop roaching out. Yeah, you shouldn't. They're they're a great band. What are some of your favorite, favorite songs? Um, all I ever had was the single of Cut My Life Into Pieces. This is my last resort. I believe it's called Last Resort. But um, after I bought that single, I was soon, soon thereafter, um, sent to jail on suspicion of the SBD. Uh, Bart was cut off then. I feel like we had a, a pretty great conversation, and I got a good feel for his whereabouts uh, along the Papa Roach line. But I did need to uh, get back just to double-check that it was uh, the last resort track he was listening to. Uh, hey, Bart, are you yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to... I had one more question for you. Sure. Uh, do you like how the Papa Roach song ends? Yeah, it's the best. It's so final. And that was the last I heard from Bart as I continued on uh, to ask uh, other people uh, in his life where he was and to figure out maybe this young man didn't fart. Uh, and we have more about this man's whereabouts in our upcoming episodes. So stay tuned. We meet a lot of characters and very interesting questions. I'm Sarah Koenig. This is my voice. I'm going to continue talking. I love the sound of it, and you should as well. This is my podcast, This American Life on Serial. On Serial, where were you? Those times. This is a Global Cell Link prepaid call from Prison. From This American Life and WBEZ, it's Serial, one story told week by week. I'm Sarah Koenig, and this is Chapter 2. We learned about Bart's fart and how it put his, his girlfriend, Justine Knapsberg, in a coma for the past 13 years. Their relationship began like a storybook high school romance, prom date, love notes, and sneaking off to listen to my voice. He was so wounded by her, and so furious that he ripped a big one right in the room. And he was so hurt that he decided just to let one out, let it all out. And from that moment on, Justine has been in a coma ever since. Today we turn to people who knew both Bart and Justine together, and talk about uh, their relationship and later we look at Justine's diary, some of her entries, before she went into the coma. First, I caught up with Bart. What was, uh, what was prom night uh, like with, with Justine? Oh, Justine's beautiful, as you know. Um, you've seen her, I'm sure, in a coma. I haven't seen her in, what, 13 years now, uh, which is crazy. I mean, when we were at prom... Um, she looks kind of like this. Brings back a lot of memories. She was a very sleepy girlfriend. Uh, I remember we were studying for Algebra 2 once, trying to figure out... Um, I was trying to figure out what an integer is. Do you know, by the way, like, there's a lot of unresolved questions for me. I don't know what an integer is still. 
That was a question I never could answer. And people still aren't sure what that is. But anyway, uh, we were studying and... Yeah, she was just she would just fall asleep. So she fell asleep and um, got a huge pilot pen ink stain on her face. Of course, that was cleaned up, like you asked, by by the time we we're at prom. Prom was really fun, um, except everywhere we went, it smelled a little bit. I don't want to say it like, but it smelled a little bit like a fart. And everybody was looking at me like they all think I'm farting everywhere. This was of course before she was in a coma, but. My whole life, I've had this stupid reputation of a farter. I don't know where it comes from. And it really, honestly, gets on my nerves. I'm a good guy. I've been, you know, doing, um, washing the dishes here a lot in prison, um, which isn't something they like you to do, but I feel like it's helpful. Uh, I fold the towels uh, for people when they're halfway done drying off. I just fold them up so maybe they can be a little more neat and clean. They say... Bart, you're such a weirdo. Why don't you let me towel off and then you can wash the towel and then fold it up? But I'm like, hey, man, I'm on laundry duty. I'll decide when I fold the towels. Um, and then they're like, did you just fart? I'm like, I didn't fart. That's not cool. Uh, I mean, talk to my doctor, Sarah. I don't, I've never, I've never farted. To get to the bottom of this question, I went to the hospital and interviewed. Justine. Justine, who farted? <sighs> Justine is uh, in a coma, but I can tell that she also enjoys uh, Papa Roach. And uh, Justine, uh, was it Bart who did this, or was there another person involved? Uh-huh. Wow. I hope this is recorded into evidence because I just blew the case wide open. After my visit with Justine, I realized that she is still in a coma and not awake, and it was good to confirm that. Because after years of investigation, people still seemed unsure as to what exactly was going on. And the more I learned, the more I became confused. But uh, after the interview, I still had some lingering questions. So, of course, I did what everyone would do. I went back to interview her again. Justine, who put you in this coma? I had gotten all I, all I needed at that point, and I left. Justine, I will get you justice. And I will get justice for Bart. Or maybe he's guilty. But saying that makes it seem like he might be innocent. I did go back to visit Bart a third time to ask, did you do the crime? What? Did I do the You mean the SBD? Uh, I've got to say, I've, I, don't fart, I don't fart in public. I always, I always go to the bathroom... That's what my parents uh, taught me to do. Um, you don't fart in public. You you can really mess up your pants that way, and you have to do laundry more often. Um, and honestly, this is ridiculous. Why am I in prison? This is so crazy. I can't believe this. Well, a girl uh, is in a coma because of what she, what she did, what came out of your, your butthole. It's not me. I don't... I don't understand why everybody thinks that it was my guess. I don't... 
I didn't smell it and I didn't doubt it. Bart became very emotional. It was pretty hard to hear, so I hung up on him and played Papa Roach for the rest of the day. And uh, that's that's pretty good reporting, if you ask me. I'm Sarah Koenig, and that's how we report on this on this show. I did have one other theory, that Justine might just be faking it for attention. So I went back to the hospital and poked her vigorously with a stick. Wake up. 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 Turns out she wasn't faking it. Or was she? Saying it out loud makes me think, maybe. Maybe. Who, who, who done it? Who done it? Who done it? Can, what is time? This is Sarah Koenig. Next week we talk about the discovery of Justine's body and the suspicious circumstances surrounding it. This has been another snippet of Serial. One story told week to week. Stay tuned for more from Serial when our program continues. American Life and WBEZ Chicago. It's Serial. One story told week by week. I'm Sarah Koenig, and this is Chapter 3. The detectives who are looking into this are experienced. Detectives Bill Weathersbottom and Carl Abednego have had quite careers when it comes to mystery comas. Neither of them were doctors, but they had a long history of knowing whether someone was dead or not. I interviewed Detectives Weathersbottom and Adam Nedgo about the experience around the fart and the coma and why they were so quick to accuse Bart of an SPD. We take you now to that interview with Bill Weathersbottom. Bill, what was the evidence like surrounding Bart Forkman? Oh, Mr. Forkman, you see, he, uh... He's a, you can tell right off he's a farter. You look into the boy's eyes, you see nothing but beans. You know what I'm saying? You ever met somebody, you're like, this guy, this guy not only farts, he farts all day. Bill, but isn't that, aren't you bringing uh, prejudice there? Aren't you assuming before you have the... Oh, Miss New York City over here, prejudice, prejudice. You know, when we... Try to do our jobs out here on the front lines. The boys in blue, you gotta just sometimes you gotta take a shortcut or two to get to the man you know done the crime. So I see, I seen, I tell you that what I seen it in the back of his car. He had kidney beans, he had lima beans, he had chili beans, all empty cans and can opener in his shorts. I'm interrupting the interview because we haven't heard my voice for a long time. So here it is now. Uh, and I'll take you back to the interview. Uh, now, uh, Mr. Detective uh, Weathersbottom, had you seen any cases similar to this before? Couldn't, you know, couldn't it have been someone else uh, 
you know, involved maybe in the town who who had done this. Well, sure, we had other suspects to be uh, technical about it, and you know, I am a sergeant, so I was uh, I was second in command on this under uh, a Bendigo. But uh, to be honest, we all knew you get a sixth sense, you get the hairs prickling on the back of your neck, and you know who the guy is from the start. And Carl was on board, and he had the triangulations from the satellites, and so that's what we needed to convince the jury. But for me, as soon as I saw that boy, Bart, I knew it. I knew he was the farter. He's, he's streaks of it. At this point, uh, I left the room for no reason in particular. <laughs> I talked to Bart about Weatherspin. I wanted his opinion. Uh, what was it like interacting with uh, detectives Weathersbottom and Abednego? Weathersbottom, he's a real goofball. I don't know if you ever... Honestly, I don't know if ever, anybody's ever said this before, but he reminds me a little bit of uh, the neighbor on Three's Company. You get that vibe from him, kind of? I did get that vibe. Because like, he's, a, he's a silly billy, but um, on the flip side of that, yes, his exterior is not tough, and he's, he's a real softy, but... He, he, I felt like he thought I was guilty from day one when they brought me in for questioning. And, and what about day two? Well, yeah, from day two as well. Um, and day three, Sarah, there's this expression that's like, I thought something or felt something from day one on. It just means like so on and on. The uh, more I got to know Bart, the more he taught me from integers to expressions. He was such a complex boy, not yet a man. So the hypotenuse is what is what the solution is there. But anyway, uh, when Abagnego and Weathersbottom brought me in, you're not going to believe this, but it, it seems crazy to me even to say it now. But um, they gave me a turkey baster. Uh, they set it on the on the table in front of me, and they were like, um, "You know what to do with this. We know you're guilty." And I was like, "I honestly, do we have a turkey here? I don't know what to do with this. I'll spare you the gory details, but suffice it to say." They'd produced flatulence from me by the end of that interview on tape. And that's what they showed in the courtroom. And everybody was like, there he is, a farter. But they didn't show the part of the tape where they were forcing that flatulence from an outside influence. It wasn't my body producing it. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like a bellows. Well, I have been holding back one crucial piece of the story that I remembered last night at a dream. Um, when I was about to... F- and that was our time. I didn't call him back. I did get a chance to talk to uh, Carl, a uh, a different type of uh, detective. He was having some trouble remembering the case. Carl, what happened? Yeah, this is uh, Carl Bendigo, and I'll be reading for the part of Mister Weathersbottom. Um, uh, Carl, we, we actually are represented here. by CCA. <clears throat> Do you want me to go ahead or? Uh, yeah. Oh, where'd you put the files? Again? Or, uh, I did, did it again. Mm. Where'd you put the files? Nuzzled alt. Carl was one of the most talented actors I had ever uh, encountered, which did influence my opinion on the case. Uh, he was certainly far more talented than Bill Weathersbottom. 
Welcome to Earth. <clears throat> now that's what I call a close encounter. I was moved to tears. To tears. But, uh, during these calls, um, it was uh, actually uh, an emergency text I received from Bart's mother saying she may have information that could break the case wide open. So I went there, went to her house, and talked to Mrs. Knapsberg to see what this was all about. Oh, sure. Oh, welcome, Sarah. You just have yourself a little sit down. And, uh, you know, you're, I've never uh, met too many people from Manhattan before. So it's so good to see you. You know, just have a look. Do you, uh, do you eat cheese? At this point, uh, I wasn't sure how to answer I was still moved by Carl's performance, but I refocused, and I got the answers I needed. This is Serial with Sarah Koenig. Yes. Oh, well, that's great, you know, because I just have a little something. Well, let me let me just, I know I called you, and I told you that I have uh, some groundbreaking news that might blow your case wide open, but uh, some people, you know, they, uh, they get to talking right away, and I don't know how you do it out there in the big city, but over here, we tend to just take our time a little, and we get to chat and get to know each other, so let me just pull this. This is a broccoli cheese casserole. I hope you're not one of those, you're not one of those vegans, are you? No, of course you're not. Now, let me say, I think, you know, when I you ever watch Mari, I was watching Mari Povich, and sometimes they have a little bit of uh, dialogue beforehand, and then a guy comes out, oh, you're not the father, and then they pace around the stage, and I just think this could be the moment like that where he, well, Bart's not the murderer, or maybe he is, I don't know, would you like some broccoli? Uh, yes, I'd, I'd love some broccoli, but to you, do you think Bart did it? Oh, I, well, I'm not a cop, cop uh, but I have to say my little boy... My little, my little darling boy, I know he would patootie every once in a while when he was a little boy, but we always taught him you go in the bathroom for that, and you don't you don't toot, and you certainly don't toot at school or on a date. You keep your poopies in your peepees and your in your in your booty butt. So I, that's that's the part I raised, and so as far as I know, I uh, I I raised a nice boy. I gave him a steady diet of. Um, uh, burritos and uh, broccoli sandwiches, broccoli peanut butter jelly sandwiches, and uh, he's he's always been a good boy. I don't think he deserves to be in that prison. But now I I've gotten away from what what were we what were you talking about, Maury? Do you think he's single? I left her on that question, but one thing did stick with me: Do we keep our poopies in our duty butt? Do we keep our poopies in our duty butt? I had to find out, so I went back one more time. Do we keep our poopies in our duty belt? Oh, well, in this house, you certainly do. If you have a need to pass gas, you pass that gas, but you do it in the bathroom. And, you know, you go ahead and flip on the switch next to the light switch. That's the fan. A lot of people get confused. And if you feel the need to take a shower, like, get me in there because it's a little tricky. Some some showers, you know, they're different. Which one is the hot and which one is the cold? And I'll show you how to do that. And if you feel free to, there's plenty of clean towels on the rack. If you need the herbal essences, you have my permission. You know, you have beautiful hair, Sarah, and I would hate for it to get frayed or any loose ends or any split ends. So you, you go ahead and uh, you use that herbal essences. And don't don't pay attention to those music? commercials where it's all over-sexualized about those herbal essences. Please key the music. You, you take care of your business. You, you come right out. I could get you uh, – I have plenty of outfits from Chico. 
she was a very hospitable woman. But my question still remains. Where is the poopy in the duty butt? Is it by the Best Buy? Is it in the car? Next week, we talk to a man who's very familiar with poopies and duty butts. Someone who was around the crime and really, really might have messed things up for Bart. So tune in next week when we talk to Rick. Yep. Stay tuned for more from Serial when our program continues. This is a Global link prepaid call from Prison. From This American Life and WBEZ, it's Serial. One story told week by week by me, great voice person, Sarah Koenig. We now take you to Chapter 4. A friend of Bart Forkman, Rick, had a reputation about being a gas bag. On the day of the coma, Rick was next door throwing his annual BR Us party for one. At first, Rick lied that he had any knowledge about the fart, but later came came clean and admitted that this was, in fact, a fart that he may have heard, and his nickname is Gaseous Clay. So what next? Was it Gaseous Clay, the bean man? Or was the anger from the boyfriend who was so upset that he poisoned Justine with his insides? I went to interview Rick. I drove down a long highway, looked at the trees, and I was talking to myself because my car has great acoustics. And so I finally got up to Rick's house. It was, let's say, standard house, door, windows even, and just a little patch of grass where grass grew, believe it or not. We take you now to Rick. Rick, what happened that day? Where were you? August 19th, 2004. Oh, yeah, dude. I remember it. Uh, You know... 2004 is a big year for me. Uh, I, was, I got to go down to Huntington and watch uh, the World Surf Hall of Fame and the the pipeline. So uh, I remember pretty vividly. Uh, that day was uh, a couple days before I went. I remember I went to Wahoo's, uh, got a burrito, uh, put a little of my special topping on it. No big deal. So yeah, I must have been at Wahoo's. I was at Wahoo's for lunch and dinner. Between that, I was at the community college. Uh, just like every day, uh, getting my school on, uh, learning learning some shit. It should be noted that there was not a single sleeve in all of Rick's house. Everything was sleeveless. Uh, Rick, what, what was your relationship like with uh, Justine? Oh, Justine. Oh, sure, Justine. She's a mad ripper, dude. You know, like, uh, fully, fully a ripper. Uh, pretty bodacious. We would go, you know, once in a while down to the, uh, when they empty the public pool, and, uh, we rip it up a little bit. Uh, she would mostly watch, but she could, she could ride, you know, like, uh, she, I saw her, I saw her bust a sick 5 uh, up on the lip once or twice. Uh, no big deal. Pretty pretty gnarly for a girl. Uh, I don't know. I'm a pretty progressive guy, so like, I'm not saying that there's a big difference there or anything. Like, I'm a pretty cool guy. I feel like girls can rip just like guys can rip. I'm not one of these like uh, make America great again type dudes. 
there's a lot of those dudes out there now, and they're not cool. Uh, it's not chill to be like into Trump. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think uh, girls can be just as as much guys as guys can be guys. Rick went on to talk about Trump for the next 45 minutes while also surfing. It was fascinating to see. I talked to Bart about his relationship with Rick. Oh, Rick. Oh, sure. Um, you know, we were friends. Um, honestly, I'm a little frustrated with Rick right now because we were together on that day. You know that. Um, we've talked about that before. And he was eating one of his famous Sharky's burritos topped with uh, frozen broccoli and cheddar cheese. And he kept kept shoving it in my face and I was like, no. And then he shoved it so close he dripped cheese on um on on the pin on my shirt, which is very special to me. I was like, dude, this is a gift from my dad. And my dad's not with us anymore. It's like, come on, Rick, which you guys know Rick's not his real name. Like, well, I'm just saying that, but I, I said his real name. But I'll just say right now. Come on, Rick. That was my papa's brooch. It still bothered me that Rick lied initially about knowing about the fart, and I needed answers. Rick, why did you lie to investigators? I don't think I was lying. Uh, just, you know, like... Ugh. Will you... Ugh. Will you get on my case about this? Like, I thought you were pretty chill, and it, you acted pretty not chill. Honestly, like... I don't know. Uh... I don't know. You're just being quiet. It's like you want me to confess or something. I didn't, I'm not going to confess. Uh, some people like, I don't know, some people fart a lot and some people don't. I used to have, you, you used to have whoopee cushions, right? They're pretty cool. I knew exactly what he was talking about. I'd seen several whoopee cushions in my day back when I was in Manhattan at some of the finest whoopee cushion clubs. Manhattan has to offer. Rick may have been innocent, but saying that out loud makes him seem guilty, doesn't it? I couldn't decide on Rick. His place smelled like shit. But was it from a toilet or his beehole? That was something I needed to know. But there was something else on my mind. Something that really stacked the deck against Bart. And that was his trial lawyer Dorcas Fumblefeather we'll take you to more on that in the next installment of Serial stay tuned for more from Serial when our program continues hey it's Ben from Convince Me here uh, thanks for listening to this uh Serial season three special episode. Very cool that we get to do this with Sarah Koenig. And I'm glad that all our listeners can help boost their numbers a little. But I want to talk to you about Warby Parker. You guys, I don't know, sometimes I can't see so well. You ever have that experience there? Maybe you first wake up? All the time. Yeah. And I tend to find the problem is I haven't put my glasses on. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Uh, you know, but a lot of glasses, they're not so cool. You, you, they're conventional. Dweebs. You buy them at a brick and mortar store. You Dweebs. pay too much, right? Way too much. Glasses are insanely expensive. But Warby Parker was founded with a rebellious spirit and a lofty objective to offer designer eyewear at a revolutionary price while leading the way for socially conscious businesses. I think that's the coolest part of Warby Parker. They give uh, a portion of their proceeds to charity. It's very cool. 
And uh, they're uh, inexpensive as well. You know, a billion people worldwide lack access to glasses? That's crazy. It's a lot of people. It's like 15% of the world's population can't effectively learn or work because they can't see. You got to see. To help address this problem, Warby Parker partners with nonprofits like Vision Spring to ensure that for every pair of glasses sold, a pair is distributed to someone in need. It's like uh, Tom's. Uh, you buy a pair of glasses, a pair of glasses are going out there to someone who needs glasses. Love that. What a great business model. I mean, how wonderful to not like be doing something... Like, you know, we all have times when we're specifically giving to charity or thinking about that. How much cooler is it to be like, I'm buying something that I need, but also supporting someone else who needs something? I love this company. It's very cool. Uh, Warby Parker allows you to pick out five frames from their collection, and Warby Parker will ship their selection to you for free so that you can try them on in the comfort of your own home. To try on your glasses today, go to boardwalkaudio.com slash Warby. That's boardwalkaudio.com slash Warby, W-A-R-B-Y. Warby Parker, pretty cool. This is a global kill link prepaid call from... The same prison as before. From This American Life and WBEZ, it's Serial, one story told week by week. I'm Sarah Koenig, and this is my voice... We're now uh, turning into Chapter 5 of Serial, uh, The Trial. Now, uh, Bart uh, has been in prison for the past 13 years because of uh, farting and putting his then-girlfriend in a coma. But uh, a lot of people suspect that it was Bart's lawyer, Dorcas Fumblefeather, a renowned defense attorney, tough, savvy, smart, the exact kind of lawyer you want in a smelly fart case like this, And yet here, Bart is in jail, and Dorcas was disbarred. What happened? Why did she do this? We have some audio clips on the trial, which show Dorcas' skills on full display. Uh, hey, boss. Uh, could you get me the file on the, uh, the boy that I'm, uh, helping with the trial thingy? Your Honor... This is a, this is not a court case. It's more of a bort lace. You could tell Dorcas's skills were unmatched. No one had ever seen a lawyer quite like that in his room, in the courtroom that is. And yet here, here he was fighting on Bart's behalf and just couldn't get it done. I want to say once and for all, I'm a lady. People keep calling me a man. I'm a dude. Ooh, we should win this case. Here's Bart again. Bart, uh, people hear the name Dorcas Fumblefeather, and they shake in their boots. He was a prominent trial lawyer, and you were lucky to have him. But what do you feel when you hear the name Dorcas Fumblefeather? Well, yeah, you're... Listen, my dad left us a lot of money uh, when he passed, and my mom spent a lot of that money on Dorcas's legal fees and a lot of we tried to like get money from the family and we got a good amount um and she's thankfully not too much in debt now except we're about to go into more debt because I'm wanting to have another appeals case granted Dorcas was our best hope was what we thought um Dorcas was so highly recommended but she or he I'm not sure what the correct pronoun is there 
um, such a deep voiced person. I didn't know how to judge, um, but I don't want to come across as seeing insensitive. That's just a genuine problem for me in judging whether this, who Dorcas is. But Dorcas started out great, and I felt like Dorcas had these like great insights into like poking holes into the triangulation theories um, of uh, the the investigators, and especially Abednego. He he had this huge. I don't know if you've talked to him about it. He had this huge triangulation theory of like farts and wind, and um, the penetration of gaseous substances through solids, and it, it it honestly like the science was making my head spin, and I'm a science guy, but. It, Dorcas tore it down, but as the trial worn on, Dorcas got weirder and weirder and almost like a dumb thug from the Batman animated series. Ladies and gentle boobs of the jury, what is justice? I know for me, Squirrel, I want when I go to fill up my soda pop, duh, just ice. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, juror number three, cool green shirt. I like the Ninja Turtles and they're green. Hey, juror number eight, you got a purple hat. That's like the mask. Dorcas addressed every single person in the courtroom, complimenting them on what they were wearing. It was quite a power move to get people on his side, and yet his focus remained somewhere else, not there. He clearly had something else on his mind. You guys know sometimes well, when you're going on vacation and you stay at a lot of cool places. You've been to the Hilton. You've been to the Red Roof Inn. You've been to the Marriott. And then you're like, duh, I'm going to go to my last place. And then you're like, this is my last resort. Suffocation. No breathing. I like Papa Roach. That much was clear. Dorcas was also a huge Papa Roach fan. I asked Papa Roach for an interview, but they declined. Very fishy. Very fishy. Was it their last resort? Their last retort? Retoot? It's not so hard to think that, is there? So... Bart Forkman, a simple man, in high school, found the love of his life. And one night, he rips one, allegedly, putting his then-girlfriend in a coma. And yet, we have two detectives unsure of what they were doing, prejudiced against farters and one amazing actor who... I'm just going to say I think he has a bright, bright future. Don't forget the name, Carl Adabnego. We spoke to a mom who's obsessed with broccoli and knows seemingly nothing about her son. Justine seemed angry but asleep. The lawyer, talented, so much talent yet distracted. And, of course, Bart's friend Rick Clearly a gas bag, but could he turn it off? Certainly, I started this podcast thinking an answer was so attainable. Get the documents, talk to the right people, find the alibi, travel back in time, witness the crime firsthand, 
collect the scientific evidence, return the shine machine, then rent it out again and go back just to double-check. You saw what you saw. Eyewitnesses can be so unreliable. Then come back again, return the time machine, and record this podcast. Did he do it? Now, saying that out loud, I would say he didn't. But just hearing what I just said out loud, I think he may be guilty. But now hearing that right now, it seems like he might be innocent. And now I'm thinking he might be guilty again. I'm going to leave this up in the air because that's how you know a podcast is good, when there's no answers. And I'm going to continue to talk so you can hear my voice one last time. And I'm just going to continue. I don't think there's a limit on these podcasts. I'm Sarah Koenig. This is my voice. And this was brought to you by WBEZ. Again, I'm Sarah Koenig. You can go back and listen to my voice. Did he do it? Nah. Yes, I'm Sarah Koenig. Hey, this is Ira Glass again. Thanks for listening to this special production of Serial Season 3 on the Convince Me Network. Serial is produced by This American Life and WBEZ Chicago. Special thanks to the Convince Me podcast for airing this episode on their feed. Convince Me, where wacky and woodly meet. And of course, thanks to Ira Glass, myself, and This American Life co-founder, Tori Malatia, who when asked whether Bart Forkman was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, simply replied, I've never... Farted. Thanks for listening. This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.